Welcome to the Steady On Podcast, where God's hard truth meets your hard story. I don't need to tell you that life gets hard. Life gets hard, really hard. But God's faithfulness is still active and alive in our hard. And these episodes are dedicated to remembering and claiming the promises of a faithful God. I'm your host, Angie Bauman. I'm a pastor and Bible teacher, founder of Steady On Ministries, and creator of the Step-by-Step Bible Study Method. But more than that, I'm a trauma and abuse survivor who carried a heavy weight of shame and worthlessness for many years, and I still struggle, but I live in much more freedom now because I know God through His Word and speak truth to the lies of the enemy with His Word. And that's what we do here. On Mondays, we take it in by studying the promises of God, And on Wednesdays, we live it out with teaching and testimony on the promises of God. So thank you for tuning in, my friend. You are the reason for this show, and I'm so very, very glad you are here. Let's get started. Welcome, friend. Today, we're going to take it in with Psalm 8411 using my step-by-step Bible study method. You will find links to a study sheet as well as videos for the step-by-step masterclass in today's show notes if you'd like to learn more. Psalm 8411 in the NIV says this, For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those whose walk is blameless. And as we get into this verse of scripture today, I'm really just going to invite you to consider the fact that God is both our provider and our protector. And really to ask yourself, how is he showing up as provider and protector in my life right now? So a little bit of information about the book of Psalms. Psalms means praises or songs or instrumental music. In some languages, the book of Psalms is translated songs of worship, chanting for praising God or songs about God. The complete collection of Psalms is 150. And the Faith Life Study Bible says Psalms is Israel's book of worship. Chapter 84 is 12 verses long, and Charles Spurgeon says this about chapter 84. It is entitled to be called the Pearl of Psalms. This is one of the most sweet psalms of peace. The Enduring Word calls chapter 84 the pilgrim's love and longing for God and his house, And we are going to be hanging out in the part that talks about the greatness of God and his house. So again, one more time, Psalm 84, 11 in the NIV, for the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those whose walk is blameless. Just a little side note right here. If you're ever interested, all the resources I use to put together an episode can be found in the show notes. Step one is to choose our word and our word today is withhold. And this is just slightly tricky because as we talk about withhold, that's like a negative thing. But remember, this is a God who does not withhold. But the definition of withhold is to keep to oneself rather than giving it back to its owner. Or I like this one especially, to keep to oneself rather than revealing it or to stay back. When I think about God revealing good things to me, one of the ways that I really appreciate that in my relationship with God is that he reveals the good in things where I have a hard time finding the good in them. Because sometimes we can think about God giving us good things the way the world defines it, or it means like we'll have what we want Maybe it could mean material things. Maybe it could mean that God meets our expectations, but it isn't talking about that, right? The Lord 
provides for us, offers us, promises us a life of abundance if we claim it. And that abundance isn't necessarily the way that we first imagine that it is, but it is an abundance of his good things, of his joy, of his life, of his peace, of his rest. Some opposites of the word withhold are okay, permit, approve, authorize, green light, agree to, warrant, give consent to. Again, if we plug that back into this double negative, right? It's like he does not withhold, so he does grant good things. He does okay good things. He does authorize good things. He agrees to, he gives consent to good things for to those whose walk is blameless or those who walk in integrity and truth or those who are set on being completely, entirely devoted to Christ. Step number two in the method is investigate. We divide that up into four parts. Part one is to compare our word in other translations. The Passion Translation says provides, that God provides good things. The CEV says never denying. The ERV, he freely gives. The EXB, he does not hold back. The GNT, refuse. And the message describes it in a way that I think helps us understand. It says he doesn't scrimp with his traveling companions. He doesn't scrimp with his traveling companions. So those who are steadily walking with him, staying near him, going where he is going, he is not withholding the good things or himself. He does not withhold himself from those who desire to be close to him. Part two is to research the original word. The Strong's number is H4513, mana. It is a root word that means to debar from benefit or injury. I had to look up the word debar. It means exclude or shut out or bar. So if God is a sun and a shield, if he is our provision and our protection, this is saying he does not withhold those things, those good things of protection and provision from those who are his traveling companions, as the message says, right? Those who are walking near to him, he is not excluding or shutting out from himself and from the good things that are himself. Blue Letter Bible defines this word in active voice. It says that this word is an active voice, that it is continuous, incomplete, or open-ended. It's not a single event, but a continuing process. So that's interesting too, right? He doesn't have a good thing that he doesn't withhold from us one time. But as we travel with him, as we walk with him, as we companion with him, I'm not sure that's how you say that, but you know what I mean. He continually open-endedly does not withhold the good things of protection and provision from us. As long as we are walking with him, we will continually get him and the good things that being in relationship bring. Part three is to read some commentary. The enduring word says this, a promise is made to those who walk uprightly. They will receive every good thing God has for them. Every good thing. That's a lot of good things, friend. The enduring word goes on to say, what does the text say? Mm, I like this. It does not say, I will force all my children to enjoy every good thing. No, but no good thing will be withheld. 
There are thousands of mercies that we do not enjoy, not because they are withheld, but because we do not take them. And that is a quote from Charles Spurgeon in Enduring Word. And I like what Charles Spurgeon is saying there because he's reminding us how much of this is up to us, right? We don't create the good things. We don't even know how to be in relationship with God unless God invites us into relationship with him. And he does. Therefore, we can accept the invitation and we get to decide how much of a traveling companion we are with him. Do we go on a trip with him once a year and try to make that sustain our relationship? Uh, Do we go with him every once in a while? Do we go with him when we're down? Do we go with him when we're in need? Or do we daily walk with him so that we are receiving his good things, so that we are getting to know him better, so that we recognize his voice when he calls, when he equips, when he corrects, when he guides, when he uh, leads us in a different direction, all of those things? How close of a traveling companion? are we? And Charles Spurgeon is reminding us here, how close we are to him is up to us. The Bible knowledge commentary says another prerequisite for receiving God's blessings is trust. We will not walk closely with him or blamelessly or uprightly as other translations are saying. We will not do that if we don't trust where he's leading us. If we are constantly needing to make our own way. I'm talking to myself right now, Angie. If you are constantly needing to know farther ahead than he's showing you, not that I really know it, but I think I do, right? If we're constantly wanting to know farther than he's showing us, if we're constantly wanting to go a different direction than the route he's leading us on, then we're not traveling closely to him and we will not be positioning ourselves. We will not be opening ourselves, posturing ourselves to the good, 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 good things that he has and the way that he knows is best for us to receive provision and protection. Derek Kidner says this, the two figures for what he can be to his followers, both sun and shield, picture vividly all that is outgoing and positive, light and joy and heat and energy, and all that is protective, the answer to fear and defeat. God does not withhold his gifts of abundance. This is me talking now. Those gifts of abundance that are rest and joy and peace. And God does not withhold his gifts of protection against the lies of the enemy. When we need rest, it is there for us in abundance. When we need joy, when we need peace. Now, that doesn't mean our circumstances are poof, magically fixed, and they go away, right? But we can have peace in the midst of circumstances. We can have joy. In the midst of trials, we can have rest in the midst of busy seasons or overwhelming seasons or seasons of grief. We can have those things. God promises we can when we walk closely to him. We can speak to the lies that the enemy throws at us. We can have that. We can have that knowledge and we can have that power, that victory within us that we can hold up our hand to the lies of the enemy and say, "Uh uh-uh, not today. I am not going to believe those lies. We can have that when we are his traveling companion when we walk closely with him. Mm, It's getting me fired up today. Part four in the investigate step is to rewrite the verse in our own words. So I'm going to go back to the original NIV and just remind us what it says. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. 
No good thing does he withhold from those whose walk is blameless. And I rewrote it this way. I said, God is provider and protector and pours out blessings. If I stay close to him, he will not shut me out of all the abundance he promises me. So interesting. Just recently, I've been doing little studies on if statements. I don't know how to explain that any other way. Not really studies as much as I've just been noticing them, I guess. How often in scripture God says, I've been doing some personal studies in First Kings, and how often in scripture God says, if this, then that. If you obey me, then you will experience this life of blessing. If you stay close to me, if you follow what I command, then I will. And this idea that somehow, why are we always so surprised when we try to make our own way and then we end up walking in a desert place rather than a luxurious place of rain and life and green and abundance? Step three is to find the characteristics of God. I wrote down a couple of things. I put that God is my light and salvation. Sometimes I forget that everything I need, guidance, direction, provision is found by turning my face heavenward. Look to the light, Angie, I wrote to myself, because that's where you find what you're looking for. My word, the amount of time that I have spent looking in all kinds of places for what I thought would make me happy or what I thought would bring me satisfaction or what I hoped would bring me peace. I've looked in all kinds of places, right? And how often I just need to pause and remind myself, look to him, look to him. That's where you are going to find exactly what you're looking for. It's probably not going to be in the form that you thought it would be, but it is going to be what you need and even what you want. I also wrote that God is a shield and a strength. The battles with the enemy have been really, really hard for me. I talk about that here enough. I've been going through another just sort of layer to my healing process just recently as God continues to help me see how often I accept shame as the answer, how often a conversation or a circumstance can move me to a place of feeling this heavy weight of shame. And he's continually inviting me to let that go and heal from that and to help my brain learn a different path of thinking. And I've recently just had a place where I felt like I have a new layer of understanding how much he loves me and how much he wants me to guide, how much he wants to guide me to a place of peace rather than that place of shame. And so you know, I know that the battles with the lies of the enemy have been really hard for, for me and I fear them returning sometimes and I can get anxious about events and conversations because I am afraid that those will be the thing that takes me down. But here's the thing that I can remember when I choose to, as Charles Spurgeon says, nothing has ever taken me down. Nothing has ever taken me down and kept me down anyway, because God fights for me. He fought for me before I knew he was fighting for me and he fights for me now even in ways I don't understand that he's fighting for me, especially in ways I don't understand he's fighting for me. And I need not fear fighting because he is a fierce opponent with no possibility of losing. When God fights for me, he, he doesn't lose. There's not this, this is one's going to take me down and keep me down and I'm not going to get up. That doesn't happen when we walk closely to the Lord. 
It just doesn't happen. It may be slow to get up. It may be painful to get up. It may mean that we don't get up the same way we were up before, right? I mean, I've had circumstances that have changed me deeply, but I've never had a circumstance where God left me there. Never, ever, ever. And I never will. Step four is to identify the lie of the enemy. And one of the things that I wrote down is that God won't bless me because I'm bad, right? Because it says in the verse, right, that he doesn't withhold from those whose walk is blameless. And I can pick that up and say, oh, my walk is far, 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 far from blameless, right? But the truth is, I I am bad. I'm not blameless. I'm a sinner. And, and I am saved by grace and filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. And God loves me endlessly. And God loves you endlessly, my friend. And God helps me grow stronger in my walk, more blameless in my walk, as I connect with him and abide with him. As I travel with him, he teaches me. And as he teaches me, I grow more and more like his son. My behavior is more and more reflective of his love and grace. It just happens as we walk with him. So step five, as we wrap up, is called So What? And that's where we write down a takeaway, something that we've learned. I had a couple of different things today. I liked this study very much. I put that I can connect my behavior with his precepts or his commands. I wrote that I am to spend time with him as his traveling companion. I wrote that I am to follow the way he leads me. And I wrote that his way leads to light and strength. I'd love to hear your takeaway. If you have one, email me today at steadyonpodcast at gmail.com. If you haven't yet, I would be grateful if you would subscribe to the podcast on whatever directory you're using to listen. It helps the show a lot and it guarantees you'll see all the episodes. And I encourage you to tune in on Wednesday for our Live It Out episode with Jessica Peck. Jessica is a nurse practitioner who helps families raise holistically healthy teens. And she sat with me to talk about her family of origin, the addiction that was a part of her family tree, and how God brought healing into her life that led to her passion to help others. Her testimony will be our Live It Out on this verse, Psalm 8411. Thank you so much for listening. I pray wherever your day takes you, you are walking in the confident knowledge that you are a beloved, cherished child of God. Peace.